So I'm starting this series called Our God. And I, I want to just brag on our God. I want to tell you who our God is and what he wants to do in your life, what he wants to give you, what he wants to do in the middle of chaos and craziness, because our God is not shaken. We, we need to study that. As I was, as you're turning into Judges chapter six, I was getting ready for this. And uh, I, I, was, I was thinking about just life being uneasy and that uneasy feeling that you can get in your mind. And I started thinking about, uh, in 2016, uh, I took a team to Thailand. And we worked at an orphanage. We, we went to the Philippines and we went to Thailand. And our last day, uh, Jason Go, the missionary there, he was like, man, I've got an idea. He said, what would you guys think about riding on elephants? And I was like, well, that's, that sounds awesome. I was like, man, that, that's something I've never done before, something we really don't have. So they took us to this place to ride on these elephants. And uh, th- this is actual video footage of us there. So we're there, and it was kind of different. It wasn't what I was expecting here. We're climbing on these giant elephants in these little cages things that was like not safe, okay? They're literally tied to their tails, okay? If that tells you a sense of security of this, it's not exactly what you would think from the states of being, uh, you know, safe or whatever. And, and the crazy thing is, I thought we were just going to go in a circle. I, I had no idea where they were going to lead us or whatever. And then these elephants are just following each other. And we start going up this hill. No path. I, I mean, it was just crazy. It was just through the, through the mountain, through the woods. And as you're going up, they're, they're rocking back and forth like elephants do. And that cage that I'm sitting in uh, is just literally shifting from one to the next. And I'm looking ahead of me, and I'm watching the other groups and their elephants and their cages, their seats were not shaking like ours. But mine, the one that I was sitting in with Josiah, it just seemed like every time that elephant took a turn from the left to the right, it was moving further and further. And I was going further and further. I'm thinking any second now, I'm going to fall off this elephant. I'm thinking I'm about to be trampled under an elephant. What kind of story is that to have to send back to the States? Pastor Tony died uh, by being ran over by an elephant. I'm just, this isn't, I, I'm thinking any moment, I can't enjoy this because we're, we're about to fall off this thing. And I, I didn't understand. I didn't know what was holding me, just to be honest. I, I was thinking that something came loose. The guy forgot the, the tie off something. And so on top of this elephant is this cage thing. It was tied around with ropes. And I'm looking at the rope seeing if something came loose. And I remember telling the guy in front of me, this, this uh, Thai guy, that only spoke Thai, and he is sitting on the elephant's head. He's sitting on his head, and that's, he's, he's our driver. He has no idea what I'm saying, and here I'm pleading, dude, we're about to fall off this thing. And it, it just it brings this idea of unrest. Something is wrong. I'm looking at this thinking something is missing. Something is not right. This is, this is a picture that I started thinking, this is how a lot of us feel right now. It's, it's this horrible feeling of unrest in your mind. It's, I, I don't know if things are okay. I don't know if things are working. You know, there's a, there's a guy in the Bible that, that reflects this. Now, he's known for other reasons, but I, I want to get into a story of the first introduction to this guy, Gideon. And you say, oh, I know Gideon. He's the one that rose uh, up an army of like 300, and they did this amazing battle, and God worked through that. You're You're right. But before all that happened, before God led them through this chaos, God started with Gideon in a different way. I want you to look at Judges chapter 6, verse 1, and follow along with it. I, I hope you were engaged with this. 
And uh, I'm, I'm excited to be able to do this. And the children it did, uh, of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Midian seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. And because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them dens, which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. Now, look, now let's break this down, okay? I, I, I want you guys to understand what's going on. Because sometimes we get in the stories and you're like, well, that's not a big deal. It was a big deal. Okay, first of all, I just want to break down. They had an overwhelming problem. Let's look at this overwhelming problem. They had a big problem, and they really didn't know what was going to happen or how to get out of it. I'm telling you, they were oppressed. They had turned from God. God was their protection, but they didn't even understand that. Sometimes people are in chaos, and they don't even know why they're in chaos. They didn't even know who God is. We sit there and say, God is my protector, and God is my shield. Well, what about the people that don't know that our God is all of those things? They don't put their confidence in God because they don't even know God in that way. This passage tells us that they were fearful. They were scared. They were in survival mode. They weren't soaring. They were surviving. I I, I think we can relate to that. They're they're like this uneasiness. Something's off. Something's not right. There's this uneasy. So listen listen to this, verse 3. And, and, and so it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up and the Amalekites and the children of, to the east and, and came up against them. And they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth. So they came out of Gaza and left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor ass. Let, let's break this down even more. They knew that something was wrong. They knew that something was wrong. Everything at this point seemed off. Everything seemed off. This is, this is a feeling that I could kind of relate. Some of you guys kind of uh, uh, tuned into some of this stuff that happened. Uh, this past weekend was crazy. And when I say crazy, let me say absolutely crazy. So we have the whole world going crazy is for like the COVID-19. Uh, we have the, everything going on with the announcements. The president makes daily announcements. The, the governor is making uh, daily announcements. All these things are happening around us uh, in, in our world. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's literally shaking the entire world. Schools are closing, uh, systems, restaurants. Every, everything that we know of everyday life is, is, is closing. And on top of that, we get this rainstorm this past Friday. So they, they call the church and they're telling us that things are not right at the church that we had the parking lot turn into literally like a lake uh, on top of the parking lot turning into a lake. We had uh, water in all of our basements, the two houses across the street. So they're over here working on that. I go across the street. I am uh, working in Bema. As we're working on Bema, we look across the street, the Methodist church, the property, some, some sort of uh, thing that was holding back the water broke loose and the water was coming in around the church and rising up. Around the houses, down Winchester Pike, everything was going. They had ambulances showing up. They had rescue vehicles. They had, they had trucks with boats on them coming and putting boats into the street and, and going to rescue people and bringing them back out. And, and I'm thinking, this is literally like something that you would see in a movie. This is, this is not normal. I, I couldn't go two seconds without hearing an ambulance or a vehicle go by an emergency. And I'm thinking, this, what, what has happened? Man, I mean, it's like you can't drive anywhere. I mean, it's just everything that we know of normal life is different. Something is off. Maybe you've said this. I've said this. Man, is God trying to get our attention? 
Man, I mean, why is this happening one after one? Another, and I know the Bible talks about these things, but they had so much unrest in verse 5, and they came up with their cattle and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers. Literally, that's a description of like, it was so overwhelming that we, we, they were coming from every angle for the multitude, both, and they came, uh, their camels without number, and they entered in the land to destroy it. Literally, they're coming in to destroy it. Notice verse 6, and Israel was greatly impoverished. That, that word means they were brought low. Israel was oppressed. Israel was dealing with something. It, it says they were greatly impoverished because the Midianites and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And it came to pass that the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites. And the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel. Let me put this like this. God heard them. I think if there's something that we need to learn in all of this, that when we see that the world is chaos and we looked up and we look up and we start crying out to God, that God hears us. God cares. We talked about that last week. And I love how God makes this uh, personal. God, God goes to a nation, but he talks to a person. I think we need to understand that. In verse 11, there came an angel of the Lord and sat under the oak that was not Oprah, but Ophrah, okay? Not Oprah, but Ophrah, this, this location that pertaineth to Joash, the Abizurite, and his son Gideon th- uh, threshed wheat by the wine, price, <coughs> wine press to hide from the Midianites. Now, let me just tell you, <coughs> this is not normal. This is not how you would thresh wheat. You wouldn't go into a hole like Gideon was. You would go up on a mountainside. <coughs> they would beat the, uh, the wheat, It would break it apart, and then they would take that cloth and they would throw it up in the air, and all the debris from it would go away. But that which was good that remained would fall back down to the ground, that which was heavier. Gideon's not doing that. Gideon is living life in a hole. Literally, Gideon is fearful for his life. And the angel, verse 12, and the angel appeared unto him and said, to him, the Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Gideon doesn't know who this is. He's not responding to him as, a, as a, an angel. He's sitting there going, whoa, what, what's going on here? And Gideon, you can imagine like a lot of us when we make statements about God, <clears throat> even now we can sit there and say, God's in control. People step back and say, are, are you serious? Do you, do you not have any idea what's going around us? Do you not watch the news? And you're going to say that God is with us? This angel comes up to Gideon and says, let me tell you something. God is with you. God is with you. And I, I think we would be like Gideon. Verse 13, we'd be like, okay, all right, we're, gonna, we're, we're pulling out our Facebook right now. and We're ready to debate. We're, we're ready to argue. Okay, that's what Gideon is doing. Gideon said unto him, oh, my Lord, if the Lord be with us, then why is all this befallen us? He's literally saying, if God is the God that we've heard about for all these years, and God is mighty, and God is good, and God is faithful, then where is God? Because I'll tell you right now, nothing is good. This is frustrating. This is, this is when you're experiencing economic fallout and sickness and suffering and all this, and you're saying, where is God? And, and Gideon, in a sense, says this, by the way, and where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us? Like you can just kind of sense a, a, a little speck of like sarcasm in this. He says, by the way, I, I grew up with the stories, okay, about part of the Red Sea and pulling them out of Egypt and all this. He goes, 
where is that God? Where is that God that does all these things that he promised that he would do? Where is the God that is faithful in the midst of everything falling apart? Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us, delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. We're just like this. I'm like, really? <laughs> really? You're going to sit there and tell me about the faithfulness of God? Tell me about the stories? He said, I know the stories, but let's get real. Do you understand that God is our safety? That God is our refuge? That God is our healer? That God is our protector? The whole Bible tells us this. Man, it's, it's been a new theme in our world, and it just seems to be getting worse and worse. It's the idea that we don't need God. The, the, the idea that we try to eliminate God from every aspect of our life. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's not a matter of America's not running to church. It's not America running to God. It is quite the opposite. America is running from God. We, we do this, we almost this re, revolt to remove God from school. And it used to be we just don't pray in school. And now we have this whole attitude, if you even bring up God, I'll report you. Man, the, the, in our lifestyles and God in, in our society is used more as a curse word, not as a city of refuge, not as hope. Church is put on the back burner constantly. The, we question morality. Even when Christ, uh, Christmas time comes, everybody will put up there, instead of saying we have Christmas trees that we're selling, they have to put up and explain that they have holiday trees. Anything to eliminate the name of Jesus Christ. What message are we sending? And, and, and from our hearts, what are we saying? I, I, I'm saying when we don't pray, when we don't fast, when we don't seek God, we're literally saying, God, we've got this, we're okay. You cannot live in peace without God. God does not walk out on us. But in a lot of ways, we could say that America has walked out on God. It's a relationship. God doesn't force himself into our lives. God wants to be invited into our lives because that's what a relationship is. And I say that to America, but I say that to every person watching right now. God wants in our lives. God wants in America for a nation that was once one nation under God. And now we sit there and act like it's controversial to even mention Jesus Christ in school, in government, or anything else. Psalms 121 talks about, I will lift up my eyes into the hills from whence my help comes, cometh from. My help comes from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Literally, God is our help. And if America tells God to get out, if America tells God we don't need him, what America is missing is God. And if we have problems coming upon us, it's not because God brought this upon us, it's because we did. We've done this. This chapter started off talking about how they turned from God and something was wrong. But let me show you bigger than this or going deeper that something was missing. I want you guys to see this. And Gideon perceived in verse 22, jump down to verse 22. And Gideon perceived that there was the angel of the Lord. And Gideon said, alas, O Lord God, because I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face. And the Lord said unto me, peace be unto thee. Fear not, thou shalt not die. There's so much going on. God showed up in the middle of this chaos. In the grace of God, he goes up to Gideon and says, Gideon, peace be unto you. Literally, this, this message that he was sending to him, and this is where I want to talk about our God, our peace. 
That peace is a word that was used all the time in their society, but maybe we don't understand it because we talk about peace treaties and you know having peace with each other and things like that, but do we understand the root of that? It's a Hebrew word that's, that, that says shalom in Hebrew. Shalom was part of their culture. That's how they would greet each other. Shalom meant health. Shalom meant rest. Shalom meant safety. But get this, shalom meant to be made whole. It's the, it's, we use it and describe like the absence of war. But Joshua was using this in the book of Joshua in eight, eight, verse eight, uh, chapter 8, verse 31. Shalom meant to be complete or whole. And they said the altar of whole stones. Literally in that passage, what he was saying was the altar was complete because every piece was there. And because every piece of the altar was there and it was made of whole stones, they stood back from it and they said about that altar... Shalom. It's complete. Everything is in place. Everything that is needed is present. It's shalom. See, God was saying this to Gideon because they were incomplete. You you have to understand the reason why God was saying, I give you peace, because they didn't have it. And the description that God was saying to this is that something is missing. I hope this clicks as we're talking through this, that something is missing. It's the same way that they would build a brick wall, and they had a lot of those back in the Bible days, and they would brick it up, build it all up. And when every piece was in place and every block was there, they would then step back and say the word shalom. It is complete. It is full. Every piece is in place. It, 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 it has a deeper application. The children of Israel were at war with the Philistines, and David went to visit his brothers. And, and as David left his carriage, he, he went to, uh, to his brothers, and it says in, in 1 Samuel 17, 22, and he ran into the army and came to salute his brother. Now, this is what's cool. That word right there uh, it, that means salute is the same word that, that is shalom. He walks up to him, and he says, hey, shalom, brothers. What he was saying through that, he was asking them about their peace. They were in war. Peace was not around them. But he was saying, hey, guys, in the middle of this battle, do you have peace are you complete in god do you have rest from god brothers are you shaken because of this it wasn't a matter of peace meaning that there's no problems around them trust me there was tons of problems around them brothers are you shaken see it, it means that they were incomplete incomplete but Gideon was also uh testifying that there was no rest they had no rest I can remember being on that elephant and as we were going through there. I wasn't just kicking back and relaxing. I was up there holding on with both hands thinking, okay, I'm going to hold on. I'm going to make this happen. I'm watching every curve and everything that we did. I'm thinking, I got to make sure I don't fall off. There's no rest. There's, there's a game that we like to play. It's, uh, it's, it's Jenga. You guys have probably played this before. And you guys know the concept of Jenga is the idea that there's all these wooden blocks and as you have all these wooden blocks there, uh, the, the idea of the game is you begin to take one block out as you're playing the game and you put it on, on top. The, the game gets more tense and more tense as you go through it. You say, why is that? Well, well it's because it be, it's becoming unstable. And, and literally in the biblical term of this, it's the idea that it's incomplete. You're, you're literally making it incomplete because there's missing pieces to it. And the more you are incomplete, the less rest you have. You become shaken. 
You, you, you're, you're on the edge of your seat as you're playing the game, thinking, oh my goodness, this is going to be it. Everything is about to fall apart. You say, why is that? Biblically speaking, there is no shalom. There is no peace. Something is missing. Something is not where it should be. Something is off. And in any minute, it could all fall apart. What a visual. See, the Bible even takes it a step further in relationships. In Proverbs 16, 7, he talks about when a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with them. That's talking about shalom and relationships. It, a lot of us will relate to this. Unfortunately, if any of you fought with your spouses, maybe some of you guys have had some tense moments because we're uh, together a lot more than normal. And when, when you have that fight and things are separated, things are not right. And all of a sudden, when things are brought back and together and that relationship is restored and the pieces are put back together, that description of a husband hugging his wife or the wife hugging her husband is the idea of peace being brought, brought, brought back. And you say, why is that? That is the description that God gives of shalom, that there is rest again. That which was off or something that was missing is brought back together and all of a sudden you can have peace. You can have fulfillment. Things of changing your attitude because of the fact that things were different before or they were off before, but now they're made right. Have you ever noticed that after a fight, everything about you changes? It's the idea that you... You, you have this relief. You have this stress brought off. It, it, the tension. You're, you're thinking in the back of your mind, man, I, I hope she doesn't leave me or I hope he doesn't leave me. I hope this isn't signs of something to come. But when you embrace and you come back and all the pieces are put back together, God says that is shalom because of the fact is that everything is made right again. Shalom. To reconcile. Gideon was overwhelmed with the problem. He had that aha moment, verse 22. Now listen to this. This is so important for us. And when Gideon perceived that it was an angel of the Lord, Gideon said, alas, O Lord God. Did you notice before it was lowercase Lord? It was just a matter of like, who are you? But all of a sudden, Gideon says, alas, O Lord God, for because I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. He was literally in fear and reverence of God, understanding that I'm in the presence of God. And the Lord said unto him, peace, be unto thee, fear not, thou shalt not die. Understand that I, the idea that made all the difference of him was the word right there, the word perceived. It means to discern. He experienced it. It wasn't at that moment for Gideon, it wasn't just the God of my fathers. He stood there and said, well, wait a minute. God is with me. This is an amazing discovery, an amazing an awakening that had to him where, where just something clicked. You, you, you say, why is this a big deal? Because I love the grace of God that's being showed here. That God in the middle of this came to Gideon as he's hiding in a hole and says, what are you doing down there? You don't have to be down there. Man, this is the grace of God. Earlier, he was saying all the things that my fathers told us of this. And now all of a sudden, he's saying verse 22 and Gideon said, alas, oh Lord God. Here, here's what God's doing in this. God was making it personal. God was making it personal. He, he goes from a story from the past to a story about himself. God spoke to Gideon. I'm not just asking what God's doing in America right now. I want to make this personal. What is God doing with you right now? What is God doing with you right now? You're overwhelmed and you're shaking. You say, man, I, I just don't know. 
kind of like me on that elephant, like just, I, I just don't know. I, I feel like this could fall apart any moment because I, I can't wrap my, something's missing, something's off, something's wrong. I want to ask you, have you encountered God personally? And you say, well, well what do you mean? Can, have you ever thought and all the craziness that's going on and all of a sudden we're, we're talking to cameras and talking to people on their couches through cameras because of the fact is that maybe God wanted to reach some people or reach you right now, somebody that might not have ever gone to church, but all of a sudden you tuned in today and God's speaking to you. God found you in that hole to say to you, I see you, I hear you. I know what you're going through. I know you're shaken. I know you're overwhelmed. I see it. And God, God comes and, and speaks to you. You say, what does that look like? You don't need an angel of the Lord. You've got the gospel being preached. You've got the, 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 the God knocking on the heart of, uh, of your life, sitting there saying, I know. I love this. It was not only personal, but God offered him peace. The Lord said unto him, peace be unto you. Shalom, I give unto you. Gideon had no rest. You understand what God was saying. He says, you see how you're overwhelmed? You see how you have no rest? And God literally says to him, Gideon, I'll give you what you're missing. Gideon, I have what will make you complete. Gideon, you're not going to have peace in any other thing that you're going for without this. And in the midst of this, in verse 24, and Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. In the middle of this, this is a, a name of God that's given to us. The first time this name of God is given to him, Jehovah, the self-existing God, Jehovah, the God that keeps the world in order, the God that holds everything together, the God that is stronger than all, the God that spoke the world into existence. Shalom, Jehovah, Shalom, the God of peace, the God that is peace. There's so much in here. See, God was literally saying to Gideon, what the peace is that is missing in your life. God stood back and literally said it like this. He said, Gideon, it's me. It's, me. It, it, it's, it's not money. It, it's not finances. It's not even the wheat that you're trying to make. What you truly need in your life, Gideon, it's me. We sit there and say, we need the peace of God. God is literally saying shalom that we're missing in our life is the presence of God because God is peace. See, we make big mistakes when we do this. All of us will long, we know something's wrong. We know something's off. We know things are not right. So what do we do? We try to make them right. We try to deal with it in any way that we can. <clears throat> big thing in our culture right now is we go out and just say, man, I'm, I'm going to smoke weed right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get drunk right now. I'm going I'm to jump into this relationship that I know is not healthy. I'm going to go sleep around. All these crazy things that we do. You know what we do? Because we're, we're like that brick wall. We're, we're lacking shalom. There's something that's missing. And we try to fill that hole in our life with everything that we can possibly find. Thinking, and for a moment, yes, for a moment, it gets your brain off of it. For a moment, you're not worried about those things, but it all comes back. Because God is what's missing in our life. And you can put cheap substitutes in there all day long, but it's not going to change anything. It's not going to change the unrest that we have in our life. Nothing, nothing works without God. Do you understand when we talk about having peace in your life, that Jesus Christ, when he came to the earth, was introduced as the Prince of Peace? 
You cannot have the peace of God without first having peace with God. You have to understand that it is the absence of God in our lives that is making us feel distraught. When, when things were broken because of sin, God came to fix the relationship, just like that picture of the husband and wife that was made right because they took every problem out of the way, the sin that was in the way. God came to us to make shalom, to make peace, to make it right, to make you whole. And he goes to Gideon in that moment and he says, dude, I'll help you. I want you to have it. I don't want you being like this. I don't want you falling apart. Brings us to this last point. It's the drastic change. His circumstances did not change. I I need you to get this. His circumstances did not change. See, in that moment, the enemy was still surrounding them. The crops were still being destroyed. The nation was still being oppressed. They were still outnumbered. Nothing around him had changed than what had changed. See, his circumstances did not change, but what we see in this passage that his heart did change. Notice verse 24 as we wrap this up. And this Bible says, And Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord, and he called it Jehovah Shalom. Gideon built an altar, and you're saying, what's the big deal? Okay, what's the big deal about that? Do you understand the only way that he could build an altar unto God? And you got to understand an altar is something that they would build up. It was like a monument. They went from, he went from that moment of hiding in the hole to literally building up this altar, making a statement that God is peace. Let me tell you, what makes the difference in your life when you can begin to proclaim and say and live out of your life something different? He went from fear to faith. He went and announced in that moment that something happened inside of him. The circumstances didn't change whatsoever. But he announced and he said, man, I have found what I was missing. I have found what I didn't have. I have found peace. I have found God. You say, where, where does this confidence come from? Judges 6.11. We read through this and you say, man, I, I didn't see anything there. Man, God was making a statement to him in the middle of that. And there the angel of the Lord, uh, the angel of the Lord came to him and sat under an oak, which is an Ophra. You say, what, what's the big deal about that? Do you understand that the oak tree back in there was a symbol, just like we have a symbol of the cross. The, 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 this oak tree was a, was a symbol of their false god, of the power of the false god. They would use that symbol in things. The angel goes up to Gideon when he's down in that hole and he's all afraid. And that angel of the Lord walks up and leans up against that tree, literally the symbol of what represented all their power, and begins to tell him and says, God just showed up. Do you know what God was making a proclamation through that? God was saying, I know what you're missing. I know what you don't have. I know what's bringing the unrest in your life. And God leans up and he says, you're worried about this? Everything going on in the world around you? God leans back on that through his angel, preaching this message to him and saying, man, I'm bigger than all this. Man, I I make your enemies a footstool. I'm not afraid what's going on inside of the world. Everything that he was saying and what Gideon did in that passage is he was saying, man, I believe this. I want this. He crawled out of that hole and made a a declaration. The man and a monument said, God is peace. He was making a statement with this. Do you realize that when we have God in our lives, you are made complete. You are stable. What was missing is there. And you say, what's the big deal? How does that change my mindset? Because you know that God is bigger than anything in this world. And the presence of God is greater. 
And there's a peace that goes beyond your understanding because that peace doesn't just come from God. That peace is God. First John, it says this, greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Literally, the peace of God, that Jenga peace being put back in place, that wall that is made place, that relationship that's brought back together, that wholeness that God brings, is God in the middle of your life saying, I am bigger, I am better, I am stronger than anything that can come your way. I'm bigger than a virus, I'm bigger than hell, I'm bigger than death, I'm stronger than anything you're gonna face. I have it controlled, I've conquered it all. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Let me tell you the reason why Christians can go through this and know that God is with them and God, everything's gonna be okay because I've got something inside of me. I have shalom, I have peace, I have the presence of God and I tell you, he's greater than anything that I'm gonna face. But not everybody can say that because a lot of people right now feel incomplete. You have no rest. And no matter what you're reaching out to to try to get rest, you're saying, I still feel shaken. I don't feel okay. I feel like things are falling apart. I feel like I can fall apart. And God shows up maybe on Facebook Live today and says to you, I am shalom. I am what will make you complete. I am what brings internal rest I am what you are missing, and I am greater. Listen, God tells us that he is greater than anything you'll face. And from that, Gideon goes on to defeat the enemies with hardly anything because he went with the power of God and he went with peace in his heart, knowing that no matter what I face, God didn't take him out of the circumstance. The peace of God brought him through the circumstance. Now I'm gonna ask you, whoever you are, wherever you're watching, literally in our nation, in, in our city, in our homes right now, do you have that peace of God? Because God offers that peace to you. And God makes it very clear that you don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to beg. God says, I'll give unto you. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Maybe through all of this, you saying, man, I needed something and I didn't know what I needed. And God showed up today to tell you that what you're missing is God. Will you receive just like Gideon when you Come to yourself and say, that is it. And I challenge you, wherever you're at, pray right now. I mean, I, I don't care who's sitting around, who's watching you, whatever. Man, God can work in your home. God is everywhere. God doesn't just show up in a church. He's gonna show up in your home and sit down with you right now. You can call out to him and he'll answer you and just say, God, I need you. God, you are what's missing I want you to come into my life. I want the peace of God in my life. I want him to be made whole. God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Lord, come into my life. Lord, you are what's missing and I want you back. I want peace. I want shalom. I want to be full. I want to be complete because of you. God, I, I ask you to be in my life and forgive me of my sins and to make me whole. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. And let me tell you, if you said that from your heart, not repeating the words that I said, let me tell you that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world because God cannot lie and God is greater and God just answered your prayer. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for being a God of peace. Lord, we can't have the peace of God unless we have peace with you. 
And I just pray, Lord, that America is seeing that right now, that America is waking up to that right now. Lord, that in our hearts and minds that we realize, Lord, that is you that we need. Lord, if we're feeling incomplete and we think something is off and something is shaken, Lord, it's because we need you. And I pray, Lord, that you'll bring revival, that you'll stir us up, that you'll help us to look at you as Jehovah Shalom, the God that is peace. Our God gives us peace. Thank you, God, so much for your presence and what you're doing. Pray this in your name. Amen.